everybody. Welcome to Take 3, a movie podcast. Is that bad? No. Today we're going to talk about a television show. Yeah. I think it would be weird if we didn't talk about this in some form. It seems like we could probably fill an episode. So here is a WandaVision quick take. Indeed. We're going to give you our thoughts on WandaVision. It's movie quality, obviously, the format of the show sort of lends itself to being a television show because, you know, it's a TV show within a TV show. But it's certainly movie quality. So, and I figured we would just go episode by episode. So this is spoilers. We're going to spoil it. We're going to go through all nine episodes and just give our thoughts on it. This isn't going to be too long. (laughs) Uh, We don't want, this is a quick take. So we're not going to spend too, too much time doing this. That title means nothing. It has meant nothing since the beginning of (laughs) Quick Takes. Absolutely. We have Quick Takes that are longer than our episodes. Okay, well, uh, let's go ahead and start then. So the first episode is called Film Before Live Studio Audience. It's set up to mimic the Dick Van Dyke show. If you didn't know what that was before, you actually see it in a later episode. So that's good. But very housewife, suburban you have sort of the introduction of what's going on with Wanda and Vision. Vision's back alive. Vision died in Infinity War. Was I the only one that like forgot that? I think maybe because I knew the show was coming, I it took me maybe four or five episodes before remembering that he was dead, that he was not <laughs> alive. But like, because Vision is one of my favorite, I think he might be my favorite adventure at this point. And... I, I don't know. I think so much happened with Endgame and Infinity War that there were other things to focus on rather than him, I guess. So I didn't... And I knew he had a show coming, so I was like, okay, cool. We're going to see more Vision. And then it kind of hit me, and I was like, oh, shit, he's dead. Yeah. And if that means that this is fake, like, does that mean we have no more Vision? And I guess that gets answered in a later episode. But Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Basically, this episode acts like nothing happened. Right. We don't necessarily know what's going on. All we know is that it feels very akin to these old black and white sitcoms that we may or may not have watched as a child. I certainly did, and I think that was like really special to me. Thankfully, this episode was coupled with the second episode when they released. Oh, that's right. One and two came out. Yeah. Because the first one really doesn't give you any sort of inkling that the story is moving forward. It just sort of presents you a television show and then it's over and you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, what's actually going on? Well, if we go into the second episode, which is called Don't Touch That Dial, which is clearly a nod, even you can even see it in the opening credits. It's a nod to the show Bewitched. You know, you get the magic act and everything. And that's, I really love that episode. That episode is actually very enjoyable on its own. At the end of it, that's when like the color all starts to change and you're like, okay, we are moving forward into the 70s, you know? Right. Like there's actually forward momentum in this. Clearly, this is not just a television show, this is something much stranger. I think we also got a very brief glimpse that something was a little bit off in the first episode with the whole choking scene. Yeah. I think it's a very important scene because uh, I think I, obviously that happened when no one really know, knew what was happening, but people really latched onto that and they were like, okay, something's up here. The amount of like conspiracy theories and stuff that we got about that scene oh, and geez. just people trying to figure out what was happening. Um, yeah, I remember thinking it was a lot deeper than it was. 
Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of this show. I mean, especially because I recognize the actress that played Mrs. Hart. Mm-hmm. I can't think of her name, but she was Kitty on. Um, She's in that that seventy show, show. Right? yeah, yeah, and she was on Friends as well. So, oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so the first episode, in my opinion, is not as good as the second, but they did work together well. I know that the press got episodes one, two, and three, and by three, the illusion is sort of shattered. That one's called Now in Color, and by the end of that, that's when uh, Monica, the person who winds up being Monica Rambeau, actually gets thrown out of. Right. So I like the fact that we sat a week with just those two episodes. Sure, there were little things that seemed weird, like when they were calling out to Wanda over the speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but and that's the one where the, the beekeeper comes out of the, the manhole too, right? Yes. In the, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So there were definitely like weird things happening. But by three, that's when you really sort of get some of an idea of what's going on. She shoots Monica out of the hex and they play Daydream Believer and you see the the tents and everything like that that they've set up. So yeah. it breaks the illusion. I'm glad we were able to sit with those two episodes for at least for a week and like wonder what the hell was going on, you know? Yep. yep. Even though I, I think most of us who like watched the trailer kind of assume what was going on, but uh, still, it... For people who just are watching this like week to week, I'm very curious how many people actually stuck with it after those first two episodes. They don't give you any answers. It's just very <laughs> weird, you know? I remember when you, you watched those, I'm sure as soon as they came out, I remember you telling me that they uh, asked more questions than they answered. So, Oh, definitely. They are fun, enjoyable episodes on their own. But I enjoy the later episodes because it does feel like we are moving. Like once you introduce the team that's working outside of the anomaly, the Mm -hmm. story starts moving forward because it's starting to make sense of what's going on. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Episode three is called Now in Color. That's when like there's literally 50 jokes about Wanda being pregnant. I was like, okay, have the damn babies. (laughs) Uh, But then she does. And that one, I think, is sort of meant to be um, very Brady Bunchy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I really loved the Brady Bunch when I was little. Like that was that was really cool to um, see. Like there was even some of the the setup in their living room that kind of reminded me, like looked like the way that the house was set up in the Brady Bunch. That was pretty cool. Or in their den, I guess. I also think it's fascinating. Speaking of the house, it was sort of. It was the same house every single episode, but they yeah. managed to like update it and make it fit with the generation of shows that it was trying to mimic. They could have been completely different houses, but they were all the same. I just I just like how they made it they made it so similar, but we're still able to maintain like the door was always in the same place. There was always, yeah. you know, like that couch in the front, the couch and a the staircase. Stairwell. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I like that a lot. Okay, so in Now in Color, we do have Geraldine. Now, you didn't know who Geraldine was going into this. Correct. I unfortunately did because the Comic-Con presentations and things like that, and this actress was brought in, and she's going to be playing Monica Rambeau. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, so that's not Geraldine. I don't know who the hell Geraldine is, but that's Monica Rambeau. So, you know, I knew something was up, whereas I think, 
obviously other people didn't. Were you surprised at that? I mean, they were sort of hinting that like she didn't necessarily fit in. I didn't find anything strange because I think at that point, something was clearly up with the choking scene. It, it felt very much like almost everyone in this town maybe wasn't in control or maybe had something yeah. that was like a little bit off. So her acting kind of weird didn't really strike me as anything unique. I figured we would find out later. Uh, that makes sense. Did I anticipate that she would be as big a character as she turned out to be? Definitely not. Well, that's cool. Uh, but I'm certainly glad that she did because I, I really enjoy Monica's character. I love that you didn't know. Like that's a really cool surprise. And people who don't know what sword is, I remember talking uh, to my cousin Justin and being like, just remember the word sword. Like, it's going to be important. That's a huge deal now. And you had never heard of it, you know? So I will say that as soon as that name came up, I did connect that we did have shield agents. Yeah. And we now have sword agents. And whether or not those two teams are opposing or are working together in the future of the MCU, I'm not too sure. Like, is there any insight that you can offer without spoiling anything? That All I know is by the end of this show, there is a nod that Nick Fury right. is the one that sent that scroll to talk to Monica Rambeau. I think they're all working with S.W.O.R.D. because S.W.O.R.D. seems to be the space version of shield the version of shield that can patrol the galaxy versus just earth if that makes sense yeah Um, at the end of spider-man far from home there's an end credit scene that has nick fury up in space and i believe that's what she was talking about at the end gotcha but yeah sword stands for sentient weapon observation and response division and it seemed like they also have operations on Earth as well. I don't know too, too much about them, but I did know that they were going to play a heavy part in this show. Having something that's like S.H.I.E.L.D.-esque back at the forefront of the MCU is kind of interesting and exciting, and I'm, I'm really excited to see where they take it. So, okay, she gets kicked out. Oh, we have Billy and Tommy, who, mm-hmm. like, Billy and Tommy, when I when I first saw those kids, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so important. Like people don't, I, people probably don't realize like how important these babies are. And then little do we know, uh, next episode, oh, well actually, yeah, two episodes from now, they age up. But before we get to episode five, which is where they age up, we have episode four, which is called We Interrupt This Program, which doesn't have Wanda jumping into a new generation or a new decade we actually go back and see how Monica came back from what they're calling the blip, which is so stupid. Like if half of the world disappeared and they called it the blip, that's such a silly name. They coined that in Far From Home and I hate it. It does seem to be an underwhelming word for such a catastrophic event. Yeah. I remember people calling it like the decimation or like... Why not just call it the snap? Just call it what it is. Before the snap, after the snap. I mean, everyone knows what that is. Yeah. One thing I do, I might be jumping ahead a little bit, but I think they probably have conversation about this in this episode. These people seem to know a lot about exactly what happened in Wakanda during the Infinity War. Like, I remember uh, in, in in an episode a little bit later, Darcy, like, 
tells Vision exactly what happened to him in Infinity War. Like how Thanos rewound time Mm -hmm. and killed you again. And like, I don't know how she knows that specifically. (laughs) Did y'all watch Infinity War 2? Like, yeah, like I I, I truly don't know um, how they know, have all this intel, like specifically, unless somebody that was there sat and talked to these people you know what i mean it's a good point yeah like there wasn't a film crew there i maybe that's just nitpicking but like i guess this is what we're here for (laughs) anyway uh we interrupt this program this is when you you meet jimmy woo who is randall park and he's really good i really like him a lot in this show um i didn't really like him in ant-man 2 i was just sort of like like you're not the villain you're just sort of annoying i know he's never going to get caught have you seen ant-man 2 ant-man and the wasp i think so yeah yeah okay yeah so he's like the cop that's making sure that scott's not leaving the house yeah and scott is leaving the house obviously so in this he's a lot more like a believable protagonist in the show and he has his shit together a little bit more he's still goofy but i i actually like him in this um, I like him and Darcy's banter or like their teamwork together. I think they work really well together. I like totally. So I remember you texting me and telling me that you are not thrilled with Darcy's performance uh, during this episode. And I was so yeah. thrilled with it. So how do you feel now having seen the whole thing? Having seen the whole thing, it got better. I think their introduction together, and I don't think this is a problem with Darcy and Jimmy. I don't have a problem with them specifically. I think it's just a problem that I have with Marvel in general. I understand that this is supposed to be like a four quadrant franchise. A lot of the dialogue can come off very cheesy. A lot of the one-liners are like silly and they kind of really turn me off. And I think they had a lot of that in this episode. Uh, but as it kind of went on and as we sort of got a better relationship with these characters, it, it it wasn't too bad. Oh, well, good. Good. I'm glad it grew on you a little bit. But I I understand that. Like, uh, Marvel has a way of, in a pretty serious moment, oh, God. maybe cutting the tension a little bit too much. Yeah. And some movies are worse with it than others. I think some movies actually toe the line pretty well. And have funny moments, but also can get really serious. Actually, I it's think honestly, this show actually can get really serious without being super funny. Especially when we get into the deeper, like the the later episodes. It, I think it made it had a very very great balance. Yeah, uh, the ones that I'm talking about specifically are movies like Thor three or Guardians two. Those two I just completely hated because I they didn't allow me to take it seriously. I just couldn't take them seriously because they were just constant jokes. Yeah, and um. Yeah, I think that's just that's what annoys me. It's those little things that that just get to me. But I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, it was interesting to get the reminder of Monica's sort of backstory because I don't think that I completely remember that she was a part of um, Captain Marvel until this episode. So that was a good kind of wake up moment and realization that that was her. That was cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, at, at that point, you didn't even know that that was Monica Rambeau because that was the first time she had actually been referred to as that uh true some people might be upset that they sort of aged her up and then killed her mother off <laughs> i was like oh man i actually really liked her mom 
But, yeah. you know, I understand you sort of needed her to have a loss to push Monica forward in this story. So this episode is just sort of all about how this task force got set up. It was really the first time we got introduced to the Hex in general. I think this was the episode where Darcy was kind of explaining to everyone else that she found these frequencies. We were able to tap into them and we're yeah. seeing that there is a complete show being produced by Wanda. Exactly. Um, it was really the first time that the we saw what was behind the curtain. So, yeah. And again, it is the first episode where we don't jump a decade. We actually see what was going on just a few seconds after what happened in episode three, when she shot her out of the hex. Mm -hmm. And in episode four, you actually see it happen again. And she's coming out and she's like, it's all Wanda. Okay. I know that in a couple of episodes, Agatha is going to take credit for all of this. But <laughs> it really wasn't Agatha all along. Like, Wanda did this. Agatha was just fucking with Wanda a couple of different times, doing some things that made her uncomfortable. I mean, Agatha didn't create the hex. <laughs> like everything we always do, we're completely going off order and... This is a mess, but just bear with us. Okay, episode five. It's called On a Very Special Episode, and they move into the 80s. And so this is like family ties, and it's the episode where my absolute favorite thing happens in the entire show, and it's the amazing opening of the show where they have baby vision growing up. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Billy and Tommy are crying and suddenly they age up to little boys and that's when they, you know, you get Sparky who will be murdered soon. <laughs> and I mean, that dog lived for like a couple of hours. Yeah. Uh, and then they age up again and this is great. And I'm really hoping that they stay this age and are allowed to just age up naturally rather than just immediately making them teenagers because Billy is, I mean, okay. So Tommy is, is good too, but Billy is Luke from Hill house. Yes. And I absolutely love this kid. He was so adorable and this kid is nine years old and he's so good. Yeah. And I really, really like him as Billy. So I'm really hoping, again, that he's allowed to age into the role. I'm doubting that it'll happen, but I really <laughs> think it would. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if, like, we really did? Would he be, like, the youngest Avenger? I don't know if he becomes an Avenger. I would assume he does, but. Yeah. We have some time before I think he'll need to be an Avenger, mm -hmm. you know? And he's shown that he has powers now. I feel like they're going to age him up into some teenage heartthrob or something, but <laughs> I, it's okay. But Billy is an amazing character, and I can't necessarily tell you why yet, but you will find out. Okay, so... I think this was the moment where we had one of the bigger twists in this show was when she opened the door to find uh, not just Pietro, but Pietro in a different body, or rather a different <laughs> Pietro. Uh, that threw me for a loop. I was like, I can't believe they're doing this. This was... yeah. This was insane. This was a mess. I didn't like it from the very beginning. Yeah, you were not thrilled at all. Not at <laughs> you all. You hated it. I do want to address that they, okay, we can just, let's talk about Pietro, but really quick, they sent a, a bomb into, into Westview, or like a drone, and tried to shoot Wanda, and she's like, fuck that, and she throws it out. She comes out of the hex and is like, back off. 
Like this is the yeah. first time she's actually. Oh, is this before the Pietro reveal? Yeah, Pietro gotcha. thing is like what ends the episode. Uh, but she, she very clearly could kill all of these people, and she yeah. doesn't. So I think that's like the first inclination you get where she's still not trying to be a bad guy. Sure, she is holding all of these people hostage, but she's <laughs> she's still a like a decent person. I don't know. Like she's not a bad guy. In terms of this show, though, I don't think – I think we were meant – we were led to believe that she is this villain. I, I think at this point we are like, okay, she's – doing some bad things here. We're not supposed to be rooting for her here. No, you're right. You're right. And I think this is like the 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 biggest point. Like episodes four and five and six are the ones where you're like, oh shit, Wanda is bad. Looking back on it, like she could have had all of these people kill themselves. So they're still good in her. I don't think there's as much malintent. She's sort of acting in self-defense at that moment. Like again sure. – but that's what? still a threat. She still threatened them with, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, like, she, she certainly was telling them, like, back off. But again, she could have just killed them. She could have killed Monica when she shot her out of the hex, but she protected her. I think I just don't agree with the idea that she had the ability to kill someone and she didn't, and therefore she's a good person. Even though right now we're supposed to see her as the antagonist, probably, they're still part of Wanda that is a superhero and she doesn't you know want to kill a bunch of people and she was threatening people but i think she was still trying to avoid violence if she could okay do you not i mean like again she could have just killed those people she could i guess to me it still sounds like you're trying to defend the good in her but it was i am sure she didn't sure she didn't kill them but she certainly threatened it she was like back off or you know I have the power to do something dangerous. Like Exactly. I don't... Exactly. And I feel like at that moment, they shot a bomb at her or they shot uh, they shot like a missile at her. She could have fired back on them, but she was like, stop. Like, I have the ability. She gave them a warning. And I think that showed a little bit of humanity still left in Wanda. I mean, clearly, like, go a couple episodes later. This is all what we thought from the beginning. This is all just a horrible coping mechanism right uh so i don't see wanda as a villain by the end of this story like yes she did a lot she did some terrible things to the people in this town and got away with it however yeah i don't even know that she fully understood how or why she did it you know what i mean it does seem we'll get there but like it does seem i guess what i'm just trying to say is that i, I i'm not ready to rule out the fact that like Wanda still has good in her. Okay, that I agree with. That like, I think the whole this whole show, she's she's showing that she has had a moment of weakness, and by the end, we do realize that she is in fact a good person. She's still a, de- a decent person. But I think at this point in the show specifically, we are meant like we were shown all of this with the intention of us seeing her as a villain. Yes, but even Monica says she shot me across New Jersey, but she protected me, and that's why I didn't die. Yeah, I guess so. So yeah. there was a little bit of like, just get out of here. I don't want to hurt anybody. I just want to be left alone. But you could also, like, from the opposite angle, you could say that these all of these agents and everyone that's surrounding her and trying to invade the hex 
are trying to save the people that are being held hostage and Wanda is not cooperating with that. So I think like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get there in a bit, but in the last episode, I don't think she even realizes how bad things are for those people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's really sort of shocked at that moment. Okay. Um, here we go with Pietro. Really, really, really didn't like this. If the implication was that we were going to meld the X-Men universe, that's cool, I guess. But I don't want those Fox movies touching the MCU <laughs> because a lot of them are bad, particularly some of them with Quicksilver in them. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to – I don't want – I don't want this. Like this is not okay. And then I guess we can jump to the next episode because that's sort of the last thing. We go to all new Halloween Spooktacular, which is episode six. And that's like the Malcolm in the Middle episode. And yeah, Pietro fits in with the boys and everything. They're having a good time. But like clearly it's not Pietro. We know that. (laughs) And I think this is where the fan theories went so wild and rampant. And I just knew that it was not going to it was not going to materialize and it was not going to be what anyone wanted. And it wasn't. We'll <laughs> get there in a little bit, but uh this is the episode Vision actually tries to leave the hex. Right. And he's that's when you realize that he can't leave. He's gonna start dematerializing de- and all that stuff. And to me, that solidified the idea that Vision's not getting out of this. I was thinking at that point, he can't leave the Hex. And clearly the Hex is not going to last past Episode 9. So (laughs) Vision's not getting out of here alive. Like at that moment, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) I think it was this moment as well where I kind of was in the back of my head realizing that if she sort of either invented Vision uh, or stole his dead body and was using him as some kind of puppet. Uh, She's also invented her children. So, like, I had the idea that they probably were not going to make it out of this either. So there was a lot of, like, conflicting things that were happening in my head at this point. This whole show was just a ride. It was just... A lot of questions, and I think I'm still confused about some of them. But um. So here's where I was at now because we didn't know – at this point, we were told a couple episodes before that she actually stole his body. Yeah. And she was puppeteering his corpse. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not actually what happened, and we realized that later. But at this moment, I was thinking, okay, he might not be able to because he's dead and he'll die – outside the hex but maybe the kids will last because they were born you know in the hex and they're like actual living beings rather than her just turning uh vision into a living being again i don't know i just sort of like (laughs) the scenario was a little bit different for the kids versus vision so i thought maybe the kids will live because i really like the kids and i'm really excited to see what they do with the kids because obviously yeah the kids are superheroes as well and they will grow up and be very important in the MCU, I hope. Were Pietro and Wanda, were they twins as well, or were they just brother and sister? They were twins, yeah. Were they? Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so it sort of mimics the fact that one of them has, like, these witchy powers and one of them has super speed. So that's pretty cool. We haven't really talked about these uh, commercials yet. Those were fun. I liked those. They, they are fun. I wish they had wound up meaning more. I wish that – I don't even really feel like I recognize that I ever saw those people outside of the – The Hex. The Hex. Yeah, or like but not necessarily you, outside of it, but once they, I didn't realize they were maybe walking around or anything. Like I don't know who they were, and I think towards the beginning I was like, oh, I bet you they're really important or something. You know what I mean? And they weren't, and that was sort of like a letdown. I gotcha. You at least got like the little nods and stuff. Like there was, you know, Hydra product placement and Stark stuff. Yes, that was really cool. The commercial with the uh, paper towels and it's Lagos. And Lagos is where uh, in Civil War, that was when there's a guy named Crossbones and he tries to like suicide bomb Captain America. And Wanda controls the blast and lifts it up and throws it into a building accidentally and kills a bunch of people. And so the Lagos commercial is like, Lagos, when you make a mess that you really didn't mean to or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. For accidental messes. Yeah. And uh, that was hysterical. I mean, like, that's like a terrible moment (laughs) in her storyline. And that was a devastating thing to see. I remember being, like, gobsmacked that they even did that in Civil War. (laughs) But they referenced it and made light of it. And I really – I thought that was really funny. And I realize a lot of people probably don't even realize what the hell that meant. I mean, that was like a super fan reference. You know what I mean? I, think like, I feel like of... I had to tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the end of the Halloween spooktacular, that is the episode when the kids find out, or at least hear that Vision's dead, and that is when Wanda she starts the expanding the hex. Yep. Yes. And we're sort of left with like all of these people changing and these people are outrunning the hex. And I'm like, oh my God, how big is this thing going to be? I mean, this is just like, that was like a huge, what the fuck? When, when it went to the police stand by, that pissed me off so bad. I was like, oh my God, we had to wait a week. (laughs) I remember I was, I like watched these, I watched these right when they come out. And then I was watching them with my mom and then I was watching them with my sister as well. So I've seen all of these episodes like three times. And maybe you can answer this. Uh, We know that Monica develops powers because she's been inside the Hex. She's been in and out of the Hex several times. Okay. Okay. I think when I saw that the Hex was expanding and I saw that it was going to, uh, I guess, envelop Darcy. Yeah. I was sort of like, okay, well, this means that she's getting powers now too, I guess. And I guess the magic number is just more than once. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, okay, so I think the straw that broke the camel's back is when Monica goes through the the hex. I think it's in a couple episodes. She goes through the hex and just like walks through it and powers through it. And you hear the audio from uh, Captain Marvel and like... Yeah, the effects of that, like her going through the hex was so fucking cool. I loved that so much. That was really cool. But like... At that point, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I don't give a fuck. That episode when she – okay, so she's talking about – we are really jumping ahead, but I'll go back. That episode, she – or I think maybe like an episode before that, 
she's like, oh, I got this guy. Or I got this person that um, I'm calling and they'll have something. And we're thinking it's going to be a big cameo. Like she has this person that's going to come help. Yeah. And it winds up being a complete no-name character. Like we have no idea who they are. And they have this big truck. And the truck looks dope. <laughs> and it looks like it's going to be able to drive the fuck in there and figure out what's going on. Right. And it gets eaten and spit out like real quick. <laughs> and then Monica's reaction is, okay, this big truck that was built to withstand this shit got chewed up and spit out. <laughs> but me, who is just a person, is going to walk through this fortified barrier. <laughs> it's gotten so much worse since I first went in, but now I'm going to walk through it and I can do it. And like, I don't know. I think it's dumb that she tries and I think it's kind of dumb that she succeeds. But like I'll give it a pass because I really, really love um, her power set. I don't necessarily Which, even towards the end of like at the end of this, I'm still not clear as to what her powers are. Okay. And I'm sure that those will be revealed later. But. They will, but I think like you can at least assume that she can see wavelengths of energy. Right. She can so, sense yeah, yeah. So like she was seeing the power lines and but she can also see magic because magic. she saw the purple energy that was on Fietro or Ralph Boner. God, I, I hated that so much. <laughs> the more I watch, I mean, again, I've seen these episodes three times. The more I watch, the more I hate that. Okay, back, hold on, really quick. Back to my mom. I was just saying that I was watching these with my mom. She was like, "TV shows used to come on once a week, Nick. Like this was <laughs> this was a thing." And I'm like, "No, I won't accept it." But no, I, I understand true. that. But like, it's still annoying. Some still do. Oh yeah, I mean, still does. Several of my favorite shows still come on week to week. I mean, yeah. uh, I I was I was five when I started watching Friends. Five years old. I watched it week to week. Oh, this is something. This is my probably my biggest grievance with the show. I don't know how they would have done it, but they're talking about all these amazing sitcoms. They should have brought Friends up. Friends should have had some part in this. <laughs> that is like my biggest grievance. I am upset about that. Okay. But it's like Friends is not in a small town, suburban. Like all of these other shows are very much small town, suburban cities, not New York fucking city. I can I don't I, I care. understand why they did not do Friends. <laughs> I, I just, oh my God, that would have been so cool. So we've expanded the hex a little bit. We're going into episode seven, which is called Breaking the Fourth Wall. And so this is the episode that feels very much like a lot of people were saying the office, but like it's very clearly modern family. I think it's both. I think it's the it's supposed to be mocking that interview style. Yeah. Cut to the camera kind of. It, to show, me. Yeah. Which both it, of those shows are. It just felt like the camera work was so indicative of modern family and yeah. not. Necess- I mean, again, I've I've seen every episode of The Office and most of the episodes of Modern Family Like I love both of these shows, but it just to me felt very much more like Modern Family. Sure, The Office is the thing that like popularized that sort of mockumentary style of filmmaking or of TV making. Yeah, but also we can talk about the intro of that specific episode. That was very, very much an Office reference. That was not a Modern Family reference. 
You're right. Okay, so I definitely I can hear it in my head, and you're like I that is reminiscent of the office theme. At the end, this is so stupid and superfluous. Thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, it says Wanda and it's white text, and then Vision comes in and it's red. And I feel like that's how the Modern Family logo is. If I'm wrong, I don't care, but I think that's right. Seriously. I, okay, I, I, I trust you, and I trust that this there are a lot of things that were probably pulled from Modern Family. But I guess my point here is saying that it's not just Modern. Fa- it's not just one show. Oh no, definitely not. I mean, none of these are just one show. Okay. <laughs> no, Wanda having her staycation totally reminded me of like something that Julie Bowen would do. Like yeah. she very much plays like a sort of losing it, kind of breaking down a little bit, mom. So excellent. And uh, just shout out to, not that she can hear us, but shout out to Elizabeth Olsen because this is like the sixth different character she's played. I mean, (laughs) I know they're all Wanda, but they're all different. They all have different styles of comedy. And she's just nailing each of them. And it's beautiful. I mean, it is, if she doesn't get Emmy consideration, I'm going to be so upset. She really (laughs) should be put up for an Emmy. I agree. 100%. 100%. I know I just saw that. I think the Director's Guild or something like that gave WandaVision a nomination. Oh, nice. Good. So that made me happy. I just saw that. I think Julian Hillard, who plays Billy on the show, I follow him on Instagram, and I think he posted something that said that. Sweet. He, like, goes on there with his phone and, like, has all these weird filters on, and he, like, answers questions and stuff. And he's nine. <laughs> he's so freaking cute, man. I love that kid. He's such a good actor, too. What's his name? Julian Hillard, I think. Like, if y'all want to see the most adorable little dorky kid, watch <laughs> Hill House because he's got big-ass glasses. He's, like, this generation's Jonathan Lipnicki. Oh, my. He truly is. Yeah. No one can see this. Look at this fucking face. I know! He's, He's dressed up in a Captain America out. Oh my god, what a beauty. Think about this. He's watched Marvel movies his entire life. His whole life. The yeah. MCU is older than he is, and now he's part of it. And that's so cool. I, I guess he wears glasses in real life, and they make his eyes like equally as big as they are yeah. in Hill House. Oh, I love it. Thank you for introducing me to this nine-year-old's Instagram. <laughs> Never would I have thought. <laughs> I think he has like maybe his parent or something like that sort of type some of the stuff out because it seems oh, yeah. all very professional. I'm like sure he, there's like a manager in charge of this. Yeah, he does do the stories. Like he is very active on it. And I always think that's fun to watch because he's, he's a really awesome. cool kid. Okay, and Hill House was just like spectacular. So go watch that if you haven't already. Absolutely. So at this point, this is when she's confronted with uh by monica and she's like get the hell out of here again like you're a liar and you see both of their power sets a little bit agnes brings her back to her house and the kids are missing and they go down and it feels very like stranger thingy (laughs) and it's like a dungeon and that's when you find out that it was agatha all along introducing the most catchy like it took the world (laughs) by storm for like a week it truly did yeah Totally. It was number one on iTunes, I think, for a bit. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think dropping these week by week does increase the level of conversation that we can have. So, like, if they were all dropped at once, then it's a big deal for, like, a week. Yeah. But now it's been a big deal for, like, eight weeks, and that's really cool. I like that a lot. Agatha All Along, 
really funny. But again, to call her the big bad is like, yeah, she's like the big bad of the last two episodes. But Wanda is the one causing the issues here. It's her grief. This is this is one <laughs> one stage of grief. I yes, guess. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> she killed Sparky. That's that's sort of like the last thing on that episode. And I killed Sparky too. Like I said, when when the credits start rolling, they take me by surprise. Every I never ever ever see them coming. Yeah, it was so frustrating. Annoying. Next episode is our flashback episode. It's called Previously On. It's number eight, and we see aged down very believable i don't know if it was makeup or there was some maybe some cgi done but she looked really young Catherine hahn she's like a young agatha it's 1693 basically it seems like she tricks the coven into stealing all of their powers i don't know how she's able to do that they'll probably never elaborate on that but she has the ability to take powers from people that aren't worthy i guess very cool scene Another one where it's just like, this is a television show and we are getting such awesome special effects. Yeah, for sure. I think the only episode that sort of let me down special effects is coming up (laughs) is the series (laughs) finale. Just a little bit. Uh, But on this episode, we go back and we not only see the death of her parents, which is referenced in Age of Ultron. She says that they stared at a bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, for two days, they were waiting for Tony Stark to kill them. Oh, this was yeah, this was the flashback. This was the like exposition episode where we saw yeah. her family too. That's right. I forgot about that. Agatha suggests that it might have been a probability spell that kept the bomb from going off, and that this was like a young witch doing something for the first time. Maybe right. we have up until now believed in the MCU that Wanda got her powers specifically from the Mind Stone. Right. Right. Well. In the comic book, Wanda, at least in some iterations that I've read, Wanda's a mutant. So Mm -hmm. she didn't get her powers from whatever. She's not a witch. She's a mutant with witch-styled powers. But in this, they are really pitching her as a witch. And that's cool to me. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have vampires. Blade's going to come in. So why not have witches? You know? That's pretty cool. I mean, I think we will eventually have mutants, but – Wanda doesn't necessarily have to be one. I don't really care about that, to be honest with you. But she might be. We'll see. They've added a lot of context to this story over time and who say they couldn't add some more. I'm actually interested in that in the future. But Wanda being radicalized and taken into when she has her first encounter with the Mind Stone, she sees that vision of what she will look like as the Scarlet Witch. You can kind of see the silhouette of what her final costume looks like. That's pretty cool. And then where else do they go? They brought her back to the scene of her breaking into. Yes, that's when you find out that she didn't steal Vision's body. Right. Now, this raises the question, A, where did they get that original footage from? And B, if they doctored it, doesn't that mean that they're the bad guys? Like, what are they trying to attempt here? That confused me. Oh, no, okay. So I think baddest, most ill-intended person on this show from the get-go is Hayward. Tyler Hayward is the overarching scientific villain of this show. Got it. He didn't necessarily show her stealing the body. He showed her breaking the glass on that right. footage. Which she did. So she did, she did do that, yes. Yeah. Uh, and that was enough to, I guess, convince people that she had stolen the body. But what, in fact, he did 
let's take the body and try to sort of reanimate this new white vision, which is uh, a comic accurate look, but they've sort of gone in a different direction when it comes to exactly what the intent of it is. But they always do that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit different, but it's still uh, faithful enough to excite some people who actually have read the comics or at least know about it. When you see that she did not steal him it's like what the hell happened and then you see her go to westview and realize that he bought her a house or he bought her a a plot of land to make a house to build a house together and they were going to just grow old in the suburbs and that was the plan all along and it broke her out of grief she literally created a new vision and she says in the last episode that it's you know she she says that line where you are the part of the mind stone that lives in me you're my you know my sadness my hope you're my love so that's pretty incredible i mean that sort of recontextualizes the show uh what oh okay and then we got white vision at the end that's like the end credit scene that's great um again Love the costume of White Vision, but he sort of turns the series finale into just like a smash bang in the sky. Like, oh, we're going to hit each other and oh, we're going to hit each other. And I'm like, okay, I don't necessarily need that. What I didn't know I needed was Vision talking to another Vision uh, about philosophy. Yeah, Theseus's ship. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. So sexy. Yeah, like instant raging boner about this. Like that's wait, think, was it a raging boner or was it a Ralph boner? <laughs> Definitely not a Ralph boner. Uh, I think like Vision. It's weird to say this, but Iron Man movies are great, and Jarvis was very much one of my favorite characters. Totally, and Ultron being one of my favorite Avengers movies has a lot to do with the fact that it. It was Jarvis given form yeah. and he's sort of gone on to be this like super incredible, obviously very smart uh, human robot character that I just absolutely fell in love with. And to see him, it's it's like a human encyclopedia. That's just like the sexiest thing. To <laughs> and just like hearing them talk philosophy and watching them fight and me kind of coming to the realization that. Uh, especially after he did, did that finger on his forehead thing. Yeah. That like, okay, maybe this isn't the end of Vision. Maybe. Oh, definitely And they not. had that whole speech about like, we've said hello before, you know, maybe that means that this isn't our last goodbye kind of thing. It gave me hope that, that we will see more Vision in the future. And I really hope that that's the case. Well, the fact that we got white Vision and he was like, I am Vision. And he, I think he's going to start to remember things. And he flew yeah. away. I mean, he. Yep. He straight up flew away, and I guess he left the hex. I don't know where the hell he went. We didn't see him again. What will probably happen is he will remember things and come back as – Like it will be weird for a little bit, but (laughs) he'll come back and he'll be white vision, which again, I think it's a really cool suit. I have to get used to it because I really liked the other one. I guess it's not his suit. I guess it's just his body. But uh, it's – that to me is really kind of – Okay, so I'm happy that we have Vision still, but for this show to end in Marvel's classic like mirror villain thing oh, where yeah. basically it's like like in, in Ant-Man, Ant-Man fights Yellow Jacket or whatever his name is and oh. 
and it's uh, for both. It's for both yeah. Wanda and Vision. They're yeah. both fighting. Oh God! Iron Man fights Iron Monger. Thor fights Loki. Like they're it's it's like <sighs> how did I not see that? That's like you bring that up all the time. How did I not? How did they do that? How did they? How did they sneak that by us so easily? Or by it's me? So I guess. annoying. Like yeah. I I don't know why. I mean, like I I like the characters, so I'm not gonna I'm not mad at that, but it's just. I don't know. I like the show is so weird at the beginning and then it's like, yeah. oh nope, still Marvel. Like we're still yeah. gonna give you that formula, which I'll even admit sort of disappointed me because again, I was really thinking at the beginning that this is going to be something way off the rails. You know, <laughs> this is gonna be something really new. It's a new start, it's phase four. I like, mean for a while it was. I would say for at least the first seven episodes, it very much was yeah, yeah. different. Uh, so I'll give him that. I'll give him props for that. Okay. So the fight between Agatha and Wanda is really cool. I like that. I like it when all the people come up to her freaking out. Like when the girl that plays Anya and Buffy comes up to her and is yes. like, can you just let my daughter out of her room? Like, <laughs> oh my God, that was just so crazy to me. It got dark. One of yeah. them was like, if you're not going to let us go, at least let us die. And was That like, was oh Kitty God, from, is, yeah. from the 70s show. Yeah. I'm glad that they got more lines because I thought they were going to be important people and they were just regular citizens. So yeah. that was kind of a letdown, but kind of, it was okay. Uh, you know, and she kind of like, <laughs> she's like, um, actually I'll just strangle all of you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, then she doesn't and she lets them go. But then she closes the hex before anybody could realistically get out of the hex. I would imagine that those people would be pretty pissed at her. I don't know what they could do. You know what I mean? It's like being pissed off at God. I mean, it's like, what can you do? But yeah, yeah. Rewind a little bit to Monica getting completely sidelined for the battle with. Pietro. Yeah. What could possibly be the biggest slap in the face to fans? Not necessarily me, because again, I didn't want it to be the Fox version of Pietro, or I didn't want it to be any sort of like nod to the multiverse. But I know a lot of people that did, and it was <laughs> Ralph Boner, which is like a stupid joke. And I, again, I really think it was like a slap in the face to people like that. That almost seemed a little disrespectful to the fans. <laughs> is that, is the joke that his last name is Boner or does it go farther than that? Like is Ralph Boner a real person in the MCU? Well, okay. So Ralph is the person that Agnes is always talking about, like her husband, her Ralph. Her husband. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So. But it doesn't go beyond like Ralph no, is not no, a real no, no. person. No, no, no. He's not. Honest. He's okay. not like somebody that I recognize. I don't think. I think he's just a made-up person. But like, okay. okay, so he's not Pietro. He's not Nightmare. He's not Mephisto. He's <laughs> a regular. You don't know who these people are, but uh, the people that I've, theorized they know who these people are. Let me tell you. After this whole season and hearing all these conspiracy theories and house of M and Mephisto. I've heard all of these names more times than I care to, cause I have no idea who they are, but. Oh, okay. Well, good. Well, Mephisto is like the MCU's devil. Yeah. And they thought he might be him, but like, you're going to waste Evan Peters being just, Hey, I'm Ralph Boner. Like <laughs> he will never be anything else because that's so stupid. You know what I mean? They're not going to have, yeah. Ralph Boner be somebody who's important. That's so st Oh my God, that pissed me off. I mean, he'll still be remembered, I think. Like people will still, they will not forget that name. It's, it's almost impossible for people to forget that name. Infamous. <laughs> I want to sideline really quick because I want to 
I'm confused for myself, and I, I'm really curious if you can explain this to me. I really don't understand how Agnes and Ralph fit into the hex. Was the okay. hex created, and then Agnes came in to investigate and found all these things and decided, yes. okay, now I'm going to expose her. Where did she get Ralph from? Like Agnes is a witch who has been around for centuries. Right. She, I guess, sensed or heard of this hex anomaly and since that unbelievable power and magic, she has access to the Darkhold, which is the Book of the Damned. Mm-hmm. And she knows that this sort of power seems to be on the level of the Scarlet Witch. You know, she's clearly very intelligent. The reason why she's on trial at the beginning of Episode 8 is because she was seeking knowledge above her station. Mm -hmm. She's trying to figure out what the hell's going on, you know? And she wants to to know because I think she wants that power. Well, clearly she wants the power. So she goes in and just turns that guy into her husband. She didn't live there. She didn't live in Westview. She came in and used that spell that she shows you with the little bug, and then she turns him into a bird. Yeah. So she used that bug. She probably just used that spell to control Pietro. So it was the only intention to kind of throw her off her game or get more information out of her, out of Wanda, I assume? Like I guess if you think about it, it is to figure out. To, yeah, she even says to be her eyes and ears, maybe to figure out a little bit more of what's actually going on. Got it. Because there's a point in time in the Halloween episode where he even asks her, like, how'd you do it? It's funny. At the end of the day, I mean, Agatha was just somebody who wanted to come in and figure out what the hell was going on. And she seemed to know how to wield this strength and an amazing power and she didn't believe Wanda did. Yeah. So she thought I'm going to take it from you. So Agatha's not really that bad either. <laughs> like <laughs> I think the only thing we didn't really talk about in the last episode is the kids finally really show their powers and so does Monica just in like one little brief thing but and then the heartbreaking scene when the hex does close and yeah she's saying goodbye that will stay with me forever that was ugh. it's really beautiful the the dialogue that's written between Vision and Wanda I think the entire season is probably the best thing about it the way they communicate the scenes where they're together are my favorites probably Mm -hmm. Um, just back to the kids momentarily (laughs) when they actually use their powers and the bullets go through Monica oh yeah and Billy can stop the bullets and you know we sort of knew that Tommy had super speed you sort of really are showing the fact that these people are going to be superheroes coming up even though two of them disappear, um, <laughs> they are going to be presence, presences, a presence in the upcoming movies, I believe. I do really like the fact that they introduced a lot of new supers in the show. Yeah. I really, really like that. Um, not to say that the old supers got old, but or like stale or anything. Like obviously they're still great and we still love them, but it's it's fun to see new faces, and uh, I know two episodes ago we talked about uh, Agatha and her role, and hopefully she will exist beyond this point. I'm really hoping that that I mean clearly she is going to. Oh yeah, uh, which, I think I think she'll be back, maybe in a smaller capacity, but I think she probably will be, if anything, in an attempt to 
further merge the TV shows and the movies. I think they want to really show synergy between those two, mm-hmm. you know, unlike anything we've ever really seen before. Classic Marvel style. Yeah. So if all goes well, we have four movies coming up this year. We have Black Widow. We have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, I think is what it's called. Uh, We have The Eternals and we have Spider-Man. And then we have TV shows. We have Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki. Hawkeye should be out this year and so should Miss Marvel. Wow, so three, three whole shows. That's four more shows. Name them again. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, Hawkeye, and Miss Marvel. Three. Fuck you. (laughs) I was like, why are are you you doing this? He does not want to watch Captain – or what is it? Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There has been zero draw for that at all. In any of the trailers that we've gotten, what is there to watch? What is there to watch? Okay. Okay, here's my question. We, I just have one question for you, okay? Because we need to wrap this up soon. <laughs> I have one question for you. What is your favorite Marvel movie? I'll answer it. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And it literally is where these characters are introduced. I mean, Falcon's first appearance is there. This is when um, Bucky becomes the Winter Soldier. Like, but it's come like, on. I don't know. It didn't, it didn't give me any kind of draw whatsoever. I liked The Winter Soldier because of its tone. I liked that it was a very serious movie, that it was a somewhat uh, distilled Marvel movie. There were not a lot of characters. It was just sort of its own little tiny compact story. It was nice. It was beautiful. It was fun. This one just seems like it's just pure fighting. And it's like, I I will take your cliff notes. Like, I don't you're going to force me to watch it. I will watch it. I'm just not going to have a good time while I do. So that's all. I just feel like the moment that you watch it and you like it, it's great. This show was actually meant to come out first. It was scheduled at first. And Falcon I think, and the Winter Soldier was? Yeah. And so if they didn't – if they did that, then in my opinion, it, it might have been easier to get into because you didn't just see this amazing swing that they took yeah. with – you know what I mean? And yeah. now it's like back to the MCU formula. This is probably um, something you've seen before, whereas uh, yeah. WandaVision, for the most part, is not something you've seen before. And I feel the same exact way about Loki. Loki seems like it's offering me something that I've – or at least something somewhat different than what yeah. I've seen. Maybe I just don't predict or don't foresee this show having as many like twists or reveals or – it just doesn't seem like that kind of show. I could be wrong, but – I think it will. I mean, it seems like it's going to be like a maybe another cool spy thriller. We'll see. At least that it has all the components to be that. If it's something else, then I don't fucking know. But <laughs> I mean, we're gonna we're gonna we'll talk about that after that ends as well. I liked this show a whole lot. I loved I watching too. it week to week. There yeah. were a couple of things that I didn't like, and I think it might have had something to do with the week-to-week speculating that I was doing, thinking it was going to be one thing and then it didn't wind up going that route. But that's on me, you know? I think it it did what it was trying to do. It really sort of felt like a genuine origin story for Wanda. I no longer feel like Wanda and Vision have been shortchanged in the MCU. I feel like they got their story. Yep. The ninth episode is called The Series Finale. 
So it seems like this is done at least in this iteration. Um, yeah. But obviously we're going to see these two characters. They are movie-level characters. We will see them again. But I understand why they needed to take this leap on Disney+. Plus. And Disney+, Plus does not – it is no longer a step down in my opinion after this. To me, this just feels like another way that we can pump this shit into our blood. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I already have an IV, but give me an injection straight to the heart. Like <laughs> I would guess like three to five Fridays this year where there isn't something Marvel playing either in a movie theater <laughs> or on television for us to be able to watch. Like they'll probably give each of the movies a little bit of a berth to, you know, to to have um, some space. But it's just going to be constant from now on. They pitch so many shows. We are just going to be inundated in it. And I feel like I'm swimming in money. What is Disney Plus if not Marvel persevering? Yeah. <laughs> that was really fucking dumb. That was – no, that was wonderful. Okay, just tell us how you think. Because this is like – this is I don't know how long it is, but our recording thing says 2,549.50 yeah. bars. And I all that means to me is, Nick, you're going to spend hours editing this. So <laughs> say how you feel about this and let's wrap this shit up. I loved it. I will probably be watching it again. Give me more vision. I just I loved it. I think they did a great job. Who's your favorite character in that whole series? Is it Vision? Oh my god, no. It's uh it's fucking uh Agatha. Oh my god. Really? <laughs> Without question it's Agatha. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I, it's such a cheat or whatever, but I really love Wanda. I really love her story the She's whole great. time. I think Elizabeth Olsen is just fantastic. Uh very close runner up is Billy. Uh, just because <laughs> Billy is really important. I, we didn't see enough of him, and I'm very excited to see more of him because I feel like we only got the tip of the iceberg with him. But uh, yeah, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, they will forever be some of my favorites in this. And then, of course, you know, Catherine Hahn can do no no wrong. She just killed it. She oh, massacred totally. it. Totally. And like the entire uh, task force from S.W.O.R.D., and, you know, from the FBI and all that stuff, they all did wonderful as well, in my opinion. I really didn't have a problem with anybody's performance in this show. I love Darcy. I love Kat Dennings. Kat Dennings is just Kat Dennings. Wherever she is, she's <laughs> the same on Two Broke Girls. She's the same in Thor. She's the same here. I just love her. You know, you may not, but it just makes me so happy. Her one line in the finale was like, have fun in prison. Like, that just made me laugh so hard. Oh, by the end of this Wanda is looking for her kids again. She's got the dark hold. She's yes. trying to uh, figure this all out. And she sent Agnes away somewhere. She, I think she left her in, in Westview. But what? She turned her just, back into the nosy neighbor, remember? But like just as a resident of Westview? Yeah. Okay. And so, she, and, and so Wanda is off, I think, studying to become – a better witch. And I think that is going to play a very big part in the next few movies. Well, not the next few movies, but like Spider-Man and then Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange 2. And find your kids. Yes, please find your damn kids. Oh, and one last thing, March 19th. Ooh, I know this date. Yeah, so March 19th is a very important date because we are doing another crossover episode 
with We Explain Movies, our aunties. So basically, the last time we did this, we did the movie The Lobster. And Mm -hmm. their format is that they explain movies. If you don't know their format, come on. Uh, (laughs) Look it up. They're amazing. But basically, uh, one or two of them explain a movie beat by beat to the other one or two of them. And that is what Jordan did to me on The Lobster. He explained it to me, and then they took our format, which is like the breaking down of the one, two, three thing. Take one, two, two, take three. So this time, I'm going to explain a movie to you. <laughs> and it's going to be Fifty Shades of Grey. And like, okay, so I know some of you are like, fuck, nope, turned off. <laughs> but... Think about this. This is going to be two homos talking about <laughs> the straightest porn. I'm going to have to in-depth describe to him all these BDSM sex scenes. It's going to be really fun. And I don't have to do anything. I can just yeah. sit back and listen. Oh, it's your turn, bitch. It's Lucky your ass. turn. <laughs> but I, I really do like this movie, and uh, I know that's so weird, but I really think that there's like more to it than a lot of people say. That's why I put that on the list of thing of the movies that we could do, because you rave about this movie. You keep commenting that you think it should be studied, and I'm just – I'm eager for there's, that. I'm very ready. You know, to... I mean it's not Citizen Kane, but it certainly is better <laughs> than people – it's not – trash well it has a really wonderful performance in it in my opinion nice well i love dakota johnson so i can't wait hell yeah and that's who i'm talking about so basically follow our social media at take three amp or just go to our website um and we will have links to their episode as well because they're going to do the take one take two take three thing and it's going to be amazing and if you don't listen i am going to find you 